Hello and welcome to Analyzing Finance with Nick. In today's video, I'm going to talk about the concept of adverse selection, which on service level sounds just some like obscure concept in economics, but it is actually surprisingly much more applicable in your day-to-day -day life than you would expect. First, let's start with a definition. Adverse selection is a market situation where buyers and sellers have different information. Some markets, the buyer knows more than the seller, so therefore the seller may sell a product for too low of a price because they don't know what the real um, value of that is. This is mostly in life insurance, which I'll explain later. Whereas uh, most times, it's usually the seller has more information than the buyer. And because of this, this market is often dominated by negative selection bias. And what I mean by negative selection bias is that the worst example of the of whatever the good or service provided in the market is will be more common than the normal distribution. Uh, the reason for this is because if nobody can tell what is the good egg from the bad egg, the market will price everything only slightly above what the bad egg is. And so therefore, good eggs, knowing that they're not going to be sold for their fair value, will not enter the market. Uh, let's go for like an example that's more relatable, particularly to my audience. And that is dating market. Most of my audience is younger single guys. So I use this as an example. And I don't mean this is a social commentary at all with the ratios here. It's all hypothetical. And I think that could also it also applies the other way around for women in the dating market too with men. Uh, when it so this is an example of let's just say here in your town there are thirty attractive women who you think of as prospective dating partners. The green box is the number of them who are in committed relationships, which is two thirds of them which I think is probably actually pretty accurate to uh, in society for younger demographics. And the red box is those who would be not well suited to being in a relationship due to personality issues, incompatibility, a variety of other things. They're just not, they don't really make good long-term romantic partners or spouses. And as you see here, you have the people in the relationship category, you would say only 20% of the women who are in the relationship category have those bad character flaws. And it's about 33% for the entire population in this sample, but in the single population, it's 60%. And let's just make this even more realistic that there are some intelligent women who understand the concept of adverse selection for men, which is the same exact scenario here, and they leave the dating market. So the remaining dating market really for the single guy is 75% people who would be bad fits for relationships and only 25% who would be good fits. This is an example 
of adverse selection here and negative selection bias. The prospective dating partners who would be good for relationships are most of them in relationships. So in this example, like it's 22 out of 30 um, who would be good fits for you. Over 90% of them are taken. Whereas those who are bad fits for you make up 75% of your dating pool. Uh, so this is like the example. And the thing, the problem is, is it's adverse selection because you don't know this going in as the buyer in this case. I mean, like you don't know that 75% of your potential spouses are trouble, but you'll take them all on a date anyway because you're because you hope that one of them can. And the reason why a lot of people get bitter in the dating market and leave, like in this example here, is because even if you are going out there and making an effort, um, the probabilities are high enough that you're going to run into the bad egg that you can easily go a whole lifetime never finding somebody who has a good fit or maybe not a lifetime, but long enough that you just give up by just constantly running in to the people in the red box and not running in to somebody who would be good for you, even though somebody who's good for you is the majority of the pool. They're just either not available or you can't find them just because the people who are available are dominated by the ones who are not good fits for you. Uh, then in economics in the industry side, there are several sectors of the economy where adverse selection is common. Insurance is one, particularly life insurance. Like if you're somebody selling life insurance, people who are going to buy life insurance aren't necessarily young, healthy people who don't have any like family obligations. They're usually older people who may have health complications are more likely to buy life insurance because they have a higher mortality probability. Uh, options trading is another example of this. Um, and same with car insurance before it became mandatory um, in most states. Like the people who are more reckless drivers would be more likely to buy car insurance. Uh, options trading is another example of this. Uh, when you are trading an option, and you're certainly if you're selling an option, the buyer may know something more than you. Whether I mean they may they know something that's illegal and trading on insider information, or they just simply are smarter analysts than you. Uh, you can lose a lot of money trading against somebody who's sharper than you. Uh, the used car market is another example. The previous owner of the car knows a lot more about the car than you do. And same with any other secondhand goods. Like if somebody's selling like a TV, well, maybe you, the, the, you don't know if the, t if the bulb has one day left or three years left in the TV or if it was stolen or you don't know whether that happened to that before. It's only what the seller has to disclose or is willing to disclose. Or the car, you don't know. Um, you may know like the basic things like the mileage, but you may not know if it's been an accident before. You may not know um, if the person never washed their car for 10 years or was a chronic smoker and therefore uh, the car is not really 
in as good shape as you think it is. There's things such as Carfax, which helps disclose some of this, but it's not perfect. Real estate is another example. Uh, you don't know, like the seller doesn't have to say like how often the roof needs to be replaced or whether there's a, um, a secret uh, pest problem and there's a bunch of termites that are growing inside the basement of the house or a variety of other things. Um, or then professional sports. This is probably the most egregious example is like a contract year, signing a free agent on a contract year in baseball or basketball. Like, you know about their previous performance, but you don't really know their true motivation, but you still have to guarantee them the money anyway. And so a lot of times you sign a player who's only extrinsically motivated. They got their money, so they're not going to try anymore, and their performance is going to be lower than expected. Or you may see somebody who's intrinsically motivated and wants to be the greatest. It doesn't matter. Um, they don't want to sit fat and happy in the money, and that contract will be undervalued. Uh, the lich, and speaking of just contracts, the labor market in general, uh, employers don't know everything about an employee. They don't know their whole life story. And employees don't know what the employers have paid previous people uh, who have the same skills. I mean, some of this stuff is a little bit more transparent thanks to things like Glassdoor and LinkedIn and background checks, but it's not perfect. And because of that, there could be mispricings. Uh, gambling, particularly poker, that's why I show the dogs playing poker example in the definition slide. Um, everybody has a different hand. You may have two kings, but you don't know if the guy sitting next to you has two aces and damn it, Texas Hold'em. Or he has two twos. And so if he's bluffing or is making a big bet with conviction, you you don't know. And then politics. Politics, if somebody's running for office and they say all the right things and you vote for them, you have no idea what their deep down inside their ethics are and if they're actually going to do what they say they're going to do. There's also the negative selection bias problem is that people who do not want to play the dirty games or be involved with the dirty money side of politics or be compromised or don't want their family's reputation to get in the mud won't participate and won't run for office. So it really only leaves the people who either don't care about that stuff or are willing to sacrifice that because they don't have better opportunities in the private sector. And so that's an example of adverse selection is selection of who actually runs for office in a lot of the time. And there are good people who run for office. But the fact that the bad often outweighs the good makes it an adversely selected choice is who you vote for in a given election. That's not really a party line thing. That's just a democracy thing. So how can we solve and deal with this problem? Um, disclosures and lemon laws. Uh, for used cars, they have laws that have require certain disclosures of a car's history and allow returns if something was misleading, uh, things just being out there. The internet has helped a lot with adverse selection because it empowers the retail buyer or seller who's not um, 
who would not be as knowledgeable otherwise just to become more knowledgeable how to negotiate in these types of situations. Warranties is another one and inspections. Like this is how um, housing adverse selection is solved is that you hire a third party inspector to inspect the property before the escrow closes. Warranty, same thing for if you buy something at a store and you're not sure if it's a dud or something like that, you get a warranty to protect you. Um, and then the last one, just general critical thinking and awareness of this concept. If you look into anything um, in, a, in a market scenario or a social scenario, think about the incentives. Think about where the knowledge holes are and the whether there is an adverse selection problem or a negative selection bias. And if you know that, you'll be aware of it. Like the dating example, none of these other things issues with work to solve that you can't inspect somebody's entire life history there's no warranties for marriages or lemon loss that would be kind of funny but that's not how the world works so is you have to just realize that it could be there's an adverse selection component to what to the dating market and don't get down on yourself if you have several bad dates in a row that concludes the lesson on adverse selection. Thanks for watching.